Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just want somebody to share my life with. Confidence is the true acceptance of everything that you are and everything that you aren't. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another episode of Dates and Mates presented by TextNow, the app that keeps communication with your dates safe and sexy by giving you a free alternate phone number that you can use just for chatting with your matches. As things open up and we're starting to have more interaction with people, I'm hearing a lot of anxiety about finding confidence to be social and also concerned that the pandemic has put a lot of distance between us. So we're going to try to fix that today with Nick Notice, dating coach and confidence consultant. But first, you know we have these headlines, including the surprising way gossip has helped Van Jones' love life, and Tinder keeps on rolling out the good stuff, another new development that will completely revolutionize dating apps. Then in Dear Demona, I will answer your questions like, how do you keep yourself from getting attached too fast? And are you shallow if you don't want to date someone who has kids? Ooh, it's going to be a spicy one again. We are setting off some fireworks in advance of 4th of July. Let's dish. D's dating dish. Speaking of setting off fireworks, did you hear about Van Jones and Kim Kardashian? It's been about a month that the Internet has been buzzing with rumors that Kim Kardashian and CNN's political commentator Van Jones are an item on the dating scene. You may remember that they came together both fighting for social justice and prison reform issues. And then Van made a cheeky comment, I guess, that he was very impressed by her and that she would make a wonderful lawyer and she had a lot of poise. And of course, all the vultures just swooped in and they were like, oh, that means that they're dating. No, friends, that is not how it goes. However, there was an added benefit of this rumor, which Kim set the record straight on. She is not into Van Jones. He would not even be her type. Like, other than being black, I know she does kind of have a thing for the chocolate men. I think he's way too nerdy for her. But I have a lot of clients, Van, if you're listening, who would definitely be down with that. But it turns out that the rumors have helped his love life. He actually texted Kim and she said during the reunion on E, this rumor's gotten me so many dates and I'm so grateful. So I owe you. So, you know, that's the sexy effect, right? It's sort of like when somebody's not available, then you want them more. You've heard that before. So now Van Jones is in high demand because he did not have a thing with Kim Kardashian. Well, if you're looking for your own thing, you might want to try Tinder. I know, I know. We just talked about Tinder a couple weeks ago, but really big news broke and I had to share it with you and I wanted you to hear it from me first and why it's important for you. So Tinder has launched a slew of new features. If you're a user, you might have already seen it. The first one, which is very important, is a video features. Here's why it's good and here's what you need to be mm, cautious of. It's good to be able to see someone actually in action, to see how somebody's body moves. You know, body language is an important factor in attraction if they're talking to hear the inflection in their voice. So with video, you can see that. You can see what someone really feels like and you can get a better sense of attraction than just from a photo. But here's the problem with that. 
Now we think we know somebody because how many people have you been following on TikTok or Instagram and thought that you knew them because you saw their videos? But that is a snippet. You have to just keep remembering that the profile is just a caption. It's a curated selection of pieces of someone's life. And it's not a complete representation of who they are, what they would be like. I don't want you to completely rule someone out because you saw their video on Tinder and you were like, "Mm, I don't like the way he walked. And I know you all do this. I know you do this. You're looking for reasons to say no, as opposed to reasons to say yes. So if we think of it from that perspective, I think video could be really good. And this is not the first time they've tried video. Some of you know. So what happened was Match last week closed a $1.7 billion acquisition of a company called HyperConnect, which is a social discovery and video technology company. So that's going to allow the entire Match group, inclusive of Tinder, of course, to incorporate more videos into their offerings. So look out for that because I think this is really the next wave of online dating that's about to come because it totally changes the game. The other thing that they're doing is they're adding some in-app experiences. You may have participated in Swipe Night. 20 million members did that last year where it was a shared storyline that people were participating in. Now they're launching Hot Takes, which is available every day from 6 p.m. to midnight, wherever you are locally. And it builds on that in-app experience so that you can banter with other Tinder members. And there's like this timer that comes up and asks if you want to match. It's kind of like speed dating, basically, but inside of Tinder. And they say this is the first time members will be able to chat before they match and let their flirty banter be the first impression. But here's my question. I think you might know what I'm going to say. Why can't the banter be part of the process anyway? Is this just a way to take people back from what I was saying, being so discerning in that first phase and like, "Mm, I'm not going to swipe right on this person because what if that, what if I don't like the way he walks or the way he talks and I'm looking for reasons to pick it apart and this removes that barrier. But then what does that mean for the, the match feature? Like, what's the point of that? Isn't the point that you should have already been moving past the match feature and then getting into the banter with somebody? To me, this seems backwards. And I've said for a long time, you need to constantly be moving the connection forward, but you have to at least be opting into the conversation. So I don't know about this hot takes. Y'all can check it out. Let me know what you think. Later this summer, there's also going to be matching based on shared interests and hobbies and that sort of thing. Wait, do you remember when I said there was going to be a bit of a recalibration that people wanted online dating to be easy, but then complained that it was too easy because you didn't know anything about somebody and that we needed to have a little bit more texture to our conversations and context for why we are matching with someone other than just a pretty photo? Someone listened. Tinder heard my cry and has come to the rescue with new features for you that will be out this summer. So that's what's the latest on the match group. I will keep my ear to the ground and keep you posted on any new developments from Tinder to OkCupid to Match to Hinge or any of the other match dating apps because I want you to be lucky in love online. And of course, you know, you make your own luck. 
We have Nick Notice coming up in a moment. And speaking of creating your own luck and love, you know that your profile is the most important aspect of your online dating experience. How are you going to get these dates? How are you going to use these features if your dating profile is not in tip-top shape? So I want to make it really easy for you. I have created a free profile starter kit. You know, when you sit down to write a profile and you have no idea what to say about yourself, I have taken that challenge away from you by creating plug and play profile templates that you can just pull and use, fill in the details about yourself and be online within minutes. I also have clever writing prompts and ways to make a dating profile that's really specific to you. That's really your calling card to magnetize the right kind of dates to you. And it includes a video tutorial on how to choose the right dating app photos for you. And the best thing, did you hear me say? It's free. It's free and it'll also get you on the list for any future events, programs, group coaching, discounts, anything that you'd want to know as a Dates and Mates VIP. You can find it if you get that free profile starter kit. You can find that at datesandmates.com. We're back and I'm here with Nick Notice. He has been a dating and confidence coach for the last 13 years. He has helped thousands of people conquer their fears, build genuine self-esteem and develop charismatic social skills. I am so excited to share his very direct but compassionate method of coaching. And hopefully it'll change your way of thinking about love and dating. Please help me give big smooches to Nick Notice. Hi, nice to meet you. Oh my gosh, Nick, I'm so excited to have you here. I've been following your work for many years. We have danced in social media circles for a long time, but I've never had you on the show. And I'm really glad that you could be here to share your insights with us. Yeah, I'm so happy. Thanks for having me. You've kind of broadened out your focus from when I originally started following you and you were really coaching men specifically, but now you have a new relationship consultancy called Reconnected that you've been working on. Tell us a little bit about the goals with Reconnected and who you all are looking to help there. Yeah, it really kind of just germinated organically where we saw two things. One, we felt like with online dating and, and the space moving there, it's so good in connecting people in a lot of ways. But just like any other online platform, whether it's social media, we miss out on a lot of the cues that we get in the real world. And so we realized while a lot of people were doing online dating simultaneously, they weren't getting as much in-person interaction or getting the feedback that would kind of help them navigate these spaces. So we kind of wanted to really focus on how do we strengthen people's communications again so that they can apply that, whether it's online or on texting or in person. And then we also saw that in general, less people are getting together in person and knowing how to navigate that. And we felt, okay, Especially, we started this a little bit before the whole pandemic happened, but we're like, we want people to get back out and realize that they can also meet people in person, that it is able to learn those skills and put yourself out there. And so organically, it just kind of spurred with those ideas of strengthening communication and getting people back face to face. We wanted to expand my work was originally with men into men and women and anybody else because we feel like you can't get an accurate perspective from only one side. And we felt like a lot of men that we were working with didn't really understand a lot of other perspectives or what women, for example, were going through in online. And I think that's really important to build a healthy long-term relationship. You're so right there, Nick. And you're really speaking my language in terms of communication and connection. 
and realizing that for some people, these skills have completely atrophied. Some people never built them and some maybe have been doing them the wrong way for a lifetime and need to sort of be guided into a new way of connecting. So let's begin actually with the, I I really latched onto what you said about like social media and the different forms of communication today. So even if you aren't on a dating app, there is an element of having to text effectively, having to communicate in a digital space, right? Definitely. Okay. So let's start for the folks who are unsuccessful or frustrated with that part of the courtship ritual. Do you have any rules for being able to communicate and connect better over text? You know, I actually tell people to try to condense. First thing is try to condense your messages to what you actually want to connect with and convey on a more emotional level. Like I'm not saying you need to get super deep right away, but a lot of people just spend a tremendous amount of time texting just generic statements and, hey, how are you? Good. How have you been? What are you doing this weekend? And I think if you start to get into the headspace of, can I imagine this as somebody that I already know or that I already have some established rapport with? And as if I was texting a friend, can I text them just jumping into conversation and sharing more actual opinion and emotion and what we're passionate about and excited about and not feel like we need to always just stick to the small talk, safe things? That's the first thing. I think people get into this loop for a long time texting where you look at, at least from, let's say, the men I've worked with, for example, where they will text for a day straight and they haven't really said anything. They don't know each other <laughs> combined with the fact that, yeah, exactly, right? They're like, okay, I know where you went to school. I know what time you go to work and what's your friend's names, but I don't know who you are. So that's the first mm-hmm. thing is, can you get a little bit more emotional, assume that you guys have some rapport and try to imagine that you're talking to somebody that you already feel comfortable with or you can be more loose with and just get into that headspace. That's a big one. Mm, That's really good advice. Yeah. And like, honestly, I just look at people that send those generic messages as you're just wasting time. Yeah, You're wasting my time. You're wasting your time. It's not forwarding the motion. And ultimately, we want to connect in person, right? That's always the goal is to move towards a real face-to-face connection, but you really have to develop this texting skill to get there a lot of the time. A hundred percent. You know, I think a lot of that idea of like, okay, be more emotional, be more personal, it stresses people because they're worried about being judged and they're saying, is this other person going to like what I'm putting out there? And they're trying to interpret their actions to best suit the other person. But that's what creates a lot of the problem is like you, you don't know what the other people want. So you stick to these really safe questions and you're not having fun and they're not having fun. And a simple also frame of mind that I tell people to get into is like, don't try to imagine what the other person wants to hear from you. Tap into your passions, tap into the sense of humor that makes you laugh, tap into the questions that you're actually curious about and trust that the right person on the other side will find that exciting and reciprocate. And then it's a lot easier to move then you're both excited to actually explore that in person. And like you said, you kind of push it forward at that point. Definitely. And you used my buzzword, which is curious. So I know I know we're speaking the same language here. Okay, so now this is one of my most asked questions on the show. When you get into, I call it the texting trap, when you get stuck in like you say you've met somebody online or maybe you've met someone in real life and they they give you their number and you're texting back and forth. And it's just this endless loop of messages and maybe even 
seemingly intimate messages, but you're not feeling like there's this forward momentum and they haven't asked to get together in person. What do you do to move things forward? Or do you just like cut your losses and leave? And then follow-up question, does it differ based on gender? So I don't think you should cut your losses before you've given some kind of an attempt. Because, right, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm talking to, let's say, I'm talking to this guy for a long while and he hasn't invited me out. And you could assume that it's because he's not that excited and he just likes to text you or text you intimate things. But the truth is he could be just as nervous or he doesn't know how to or he's waiting for some signal from you. So my rule of thumb is you always take one or two shots and then you can decide, okay, is this person not investing in me? I'll walk away. You're very generous. I give it I give it one shot. (laughs) (laughs) But I but I'm with you. A lot of times people, because we're afraid of that rejection or not getting not getting the response that we wanted, that we're afraid to even take that extra step. So you're right. You're totally right on that. And you got to give it a shot once. And then if not, then as hard as it is to hear it in that moment or or to realize that, it's it's a blessing in disguise, right? Like then you move on. And like you said, maybe move on quicker. And then in terms of gender, overall, sure, I think more women than men want the men to initiate. Okay. But that's obviously a generalization. So the way I would frame it more so is what position do you want to be in? If you're comfortable taking the the lead and saying, hey, I would like to go out here, I think it could be either person. But in general, I would say more often men are the ones expected to say, hey, listen, this has been really fun. I'd love to you know, actually go on that trail that we talked about. Are you free Saturday? And I think women can signal their availability more saying like, hey, that hiking trip sounds great or that trail sounds awesome. I've never been. I'd love to check it out sometime. And basically showcasing hey, I'm, I'm open to doing this if you just ask that question. But the roles could be reversed if if you're into that. And that's plenty of people too. So let's say we get past that point and we actually get to meet in real life and we're on a date and I feel insecure. I feel awkward. I forgot how to be on a date because it's been, I don't know, a year and three, four months. What tips do you have for... Things like looking less insecure in conversation or getting past the small talk. How do you jump people into being able to make a connection on, say, like a first or even second date? I'll give you a couple of rapid fire ideas. I think get into a good headspace before you even get on the date, right? Everything starts from beforehand. If you can make yourself look great and you feel awesome, if you want to listen to your favorite music, if you want to loosen up, you know, and stand tall and go for a run. I think the worst thing you can do is sit for the last hour before the date and think about how good you need to be on the date. I think instead you feel positive emotion, you get empowered, you feel passionate, you feel excited, and then that's going to bring your best person into the experience. And another mindset I think going into it is assume that they're open to being interested in you. I think a lot of people go into that and where a lot of the stress comes is like, I need to perform. I need to make sure that they like me. And if they're matching you, and this is in online, especially from online dating, they've already seen what you look like. They've engaged you enough. That means they're open to it. So instead of assuming, instead of feeling like you need to convince them of your value, assume like they're going to be excited about you as long as you are present, you slow down, you listen well, and you actually relate honestly. So my final point would be, just kind of slow down. I know it sounds really simple, but I can't tell you how many people are just take a deep breath, relax your body language, look at somebody so that you're getting the feedback from them and and don't avert your eyes, which feels safer, but it actually disconnects you from what's being said. And just really focus on trying to be present, managing your heart rate, 
having good body language and looking at them and trust your natural mechanisms to respond appropriately. It's when you get tight, you're looking away, you're trying to answer fast, you're trying to respond as quickly as possible that I think you get into that loop of anxiety and you don't really present yourself as best as possible. Yeah. And that likability thing, I actually read an article about that. When you're focused on people liking you, that is really just a recipe for for disaster in in any kind of social situation. It's really more about being authentic. And, you know, you're talking about also really listening and being in the moment. If we're thinking about are we likable, we're already playing forward to the end of the date or to what's going to happen next. And there's no way you can be doing that and also be radically present in the moment and really connecting with someone because your head is already two steps ahead of where you are right now. Yeah, you're missing all the little nuances of their responses. You're missing like the threads that you could pull on that you'd actually be curious about. If you're already thinking ahead, then yeah, you just cannot relate in the present. It's almost impossible. You are trying to talk to an idea of someone rather than the person in front of you. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball question because I know my dates and mates listeners and, you know, a lot of folks are like, but what about this situation, Demona? I've become aware my son has a sensory processing disorder and I've become much more aware of how many people actually have something else going on like under the surface mm-hmm. or like an invisible disability. You know, it could be an autism spectrum disorder, which I think now we're realizing is much more common than we thought before. And I'm sure that there are listeners right now that are like, my instincts seem to always lead me wrong. So if I'm trying to connect with this person and Nick and Demona, I put aside this idea of being likable, but I can't really read the situation. Are there like really clear clues or indicators that you could give us that show that that person is really connecting with what you're saying? Or are there tips for ways to sort of build that connection if your natural instinct doesn't seem to lead you in the right direction all the time. Okay, so I'll take the first part. So let's say somebody does have, for example, you know, is on the autism spectrum disorder, right? They might have a hard time processing just the normal cues that we get. And so I think if you can develop frameworks that are absolute or, or near absolute, it helps. So if you can say, all right, if somebody is actively leaning in and really showing excitement, you see their eyes light up and their voices is rising and they're leaning forward towards you, then there's a good time they're they're actually invested and actually engaged and and really, you know, interested in learning more. That's one side of things. Body language, eye contact, are they lighting up? Are they passionate? Are they leaning in? You know, if they don't have that kind of experience, giving them frameworks and say, look out for this mm-hmm. is a good way to start. And then in general, I think Another good thing is, do you find them curious about you? And I don't mean to steal your word again, but I really, that's what I think about a lot. You're not stealing. Curious is for everyone, Nick. You can totally use curious. (laughs) But yeah, so many people, just the simplest thing to recognize is, do they ask you about yourself? Do they dig in? Do they, when you share something, do they just acknowledge it and pass it and go back to themselves? Or do they ask you questions and not just platitudes? Oh, cool. Where'd you get your degree? But they actually want to dig in in the similar fashion that you are. That's another simple one that I think so many people overlook. I'll I'll ask clients all the time, like, hey, you had this great date. And they're like, oh, I don't know if this person liked me. And I I felt like I could have done better. And then I ask them, 
we'll go back to the conversation. You're talking. What do they ask you about you? And then they reflect and they're like, I don't think they really asked me anything. And I'm like, well, then maybe that's a sign that they weren't as excited. And we should really be paying attention to that. That's true. And I would add that sometimes people are so concerned about being liked that it keeps them from really being engaged and showing the other person that they like that's them. That's true too, definitely. So sometimes I've seen that it, it demonstrates that that person wasn't all that interested. But then other times I think it's that person was so nervous on the date that they forgot that it was like a conversation and they forgot to like, we're so concerned with being interesting that we're like, I have to tell this person all these great things about me. And I have a degree from here and I have this great job and I live in this great condo. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, oh yeah, you have to actually show curiosity, going back to that word, about the other person. So I think that's another thing to for everybody to remember when they're on the date, like really ask follow-up questions. Yeah. And if I can elaborate on that just for a sec is, it's funny you say that because I agree. A lot of times it's not coming from a lack of interest or a bad place. They just don't realize it or they're worried about, like you said, selling themselves. And so I would tell the person on the other side who's trying to learn how to build these connections is say, hey, if you don't, if you recognize that they're not asking you these questions, it's okay to be honest on a date and say, and and reassure them that you are having a good time. So, hey, listen, this is, this is really fun. I like getting to know more about your family. Is there anything you want to know about mine? And basically tell them, I like what we're saying, but in a very polite way, like, hey, the book is open for you to like, ask me stuff. And you're basically giving them permission. And then they're like, oh, oh, yeah, I should ask you about yourself. (laughs) That's one of my texting tips. Like, say, is there anything you're curious to know about me? (laughs) Like signals like, oh, shoot, I've only been talking about myself. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And then you evaluate. Do they change? Do they start showing up and asking you things? Or do they go, you know, back to the way it is? And then maybe you get a more accurate picture on how they're actually feeling. Nick, I have a revolutionary idea. I'm hoping you can get on board with me. Let's go. How about we normalize something you just said in expressing that you are interested or that you're having a good time? Because I don't know if you see this in your practice as well, but I see that we are so worried about exposing our interest that a lot of people stop themselves from even expressing that they're enjoying themselves or that they would like to see the person another time or that they think that they're interesting or beautiful or fascinating or anything. And it's just like, well, let's decide how we feel in text after the date. (laughs) I've never experienced that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like everybody. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And it's so much we've been kind of ingrained is like, I don't want to say too much to show them any interest because that automatically is desperate or Mm -hmm. that means I am needy or that is giving away my power, some people say, or whatever version of that it is. And I always tell people it's about where it comes from internally. If you share in an organic moment a time where you actually are appreciative of that person or something they're doing or quality that they're sharing, and it's not coming from any outcome. You're not trying to say, if I say this to this person, maybe they'll kiss me at the end. Or if I'm saying this to this person, maybe they'll like me more. But you just recognize an organic moment where you say, wow, this is really cool. And I love what they just said. And you lean into that. That's where I think it's perfect. It's what we all want to hear. We all want to feel attractive, smart, beautiful, liked, and desired just in a healthy way. So if you're showering somebody with random compliments to 
move things forward. No, if you're just saying like, oh, this is really cool and you're not really invested in what they're saying. No, find the few moments where you really do like what's going on and what's being shared and lean into that. And I think that's where it it makes connections a lot stronger. I love everything that you said. And that's everyone's homework right now for the next time they're on a date to actually express how they're feeling or how they're connecting with the other person. Before you go, I do want to get into one more area that I know a lot of our listeners struggle with. And that's with just feeling confident themselves, just whether it's confidence in approaching someone or confidence in being on the date and just being present in their own skin. And I know you've talked a lot about ways to build confidence. So I'd love to dive into that a little bit and hear some of either some of your stories of how you've really transformed people that didn't come to you having that innate confidence or advice on how our listeners might be able to harness a little bit of that power? Yeah, sure. I'll start by kind of giving an overview. And there's a lot of facets of confidence and I'll try to hit some big ones. But for me, confidence is the true acceptance of everything that you are and everything that you aren't and trying to align that in the world, right? Align your words and your actions and your integrity with who you actually are. And the more that you can find small ways to do that, small ways to say, okay, I am, as let's say Brene Brown would say, I'm being invulnerable and I'm not sharing this side of my personality or I'm not acting and and showing somebody interest when I like them. Finding those little times in your life where you are holding back and saying, okay, let me just focus on trying to do that one thing on the next interaction I have or some small version of it. So maybe you can't look somebody in the eyes and say, I really like this about you. I think it's really attractive and I want to get to know you more. But maybe you could just start in even a one sentence and say, hey, I really like this about you. And just get used to hearing the sound of your own voice and, and being in that integrity and recognizing the moments where you are restricting your personality. And if that's too hard, another trick that I have is practice outside of the moment. I actually did a recent video on this is like, you know, people come to me, I don't know how to introduce myself. I don't know how to compliment on a date. I don't know how to express my passion for my work coming up. Okay, well, sit in front of a mirror or pull up a photo of that person and talk to them. Talk to them out loud. It sounds so ridiculous, but we know this in tons of other forms of psychology, processing trauma, whatever. Your brain doesn't know the difference. If you pull up a photo of the person you're going to go out on a date with and you try to share two subjects that normally you avoid that you're interested in and you talk about it for five minutes, all of a sudden your brain clicks and goes, hey, you know, when you're actually in the moment, oh, I've already done this like five times or whatever. No big deal. And it doesn't really know the difference. And practice makes perfect. You need to pick up a guitar. You need to hold the strings correctly before you can play a song. You know, same thing if you're shooting a basketball, whatever it is. And then last but not least, I I really do want to hammer this in because I think people overlook it and especially men, I'll say, but to just be self-compassionate about the effort you're taking and not negative about the results you're immediately getting. And what I mean is I think with dating, Anytime people feel like they make a mistake, oh, I asked a stupid question on a date or I introduced myself and that person didn't give me their phone number, whatever, they go immediately to, well, how did I fail this outcome? And what I think the smallest thing you can do is just switch that to say, what effort did I take and how can I be proud of that or grateful for that? And like you would with a friend, if your friend walked up to somebody, tried to talk to them and didn't, it didn't work out and they came back over, your instinct would be, hey, listen, it's a great job that you put yourself out there and took the shot. 
awesome. You'll do it again next time. You wouldn't be like, oh my God, you made a fool of yourself. What an idiot, right? So just starting to be proactive <laughs> about friend, the language though. you use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I try to be. Those three things, I think just recognizing when you're out of it, integrity and finding the small steps of courage, just patience, small steps and small ways to you start to shift that. Um, if you can't even do that, practicing even when alone, and then most of all, just talking to yourself well. And I'll give you, instead of just a single story, I'm going to give you an idea that really was fascinating to me. We started doing retreats, mostly for men, but now we're doing it for men and women about four or five years ago. And they were largely focused on how do you date? How do you flirt? How do you like learn these skills that maybe you never have? And I thought that's what was going to change people. And after people came and we went through these processes and we did the same things about being vulnerable and, and being an in integrity and all that. The last thing they got was dating skills. The num- I mean, they got them and it's great. But the number one thing they say they got away is I feel so much more comfortable with who I am. I feel like I can talk to people. I'm excited to take this forward into repairing my relationship with my sister or, or whatever it is. And, you know, we go in as a dating retreat. And people come out and three months later, they're like, hey, I finally had the guts to quit my job and travel. I finally repaired this relationship with this person. And so the threads are the same, showing up for a date and showing up and being vulnerable and expressive and communicative on a date won't just change your romantic life. Hopefully it'll change all your interpersonal relationships. And that's what's been really fascinating for me is just that seed of doing those things we said, how much it can radically change the rest of your life. That is so powerful. And I know that's just the tip of the iceberg and what what you're doing with Reconnected and the programs that you offer. You've really grown a community on YouTube and so much else through nicknotice.com and now livereconnected.com. So we'll put the link to that amazing program in the show notes. And I hope you'll come back again and share more of your insights with us. Yeah, definitely. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nick. Make sure you check out his online community and dating resources at livereconnected.com. Of course, we will put the link in the show notes. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back to answer your questions, including how to keep your cool in dating and how do you deal with matches who don't agree with your life choices? Mm. Well, we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's time to answer your questions in Dear Demona. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. Our first question comes to me from a listener on Instagram. This person says, by the end of the first date, I'm already thinking about whether or not my parents and friends would like them. Then I get so disappointed when it doesn't work out. How do I keep myself from getting too attached or thinking too far ahead? Oh, this is such a common challenge. And I can certainly remember many a time when I had a crush and I started writing my name in cursive next to their last name. And and I would fantasize about what it might be like to be with this person and to have their children. And like, you know, dessert hadn't even come. <laughs> so I I can understand where you're at, but you have to remember to practice slow love. And that what you are feeling in that moment, it's not love. It's infatuation. It is instant physical connection and chemistry, but it's not love. And the only way to really get to know someone is in small increments over time. You've heard me say this before, right? So what I want you to do is to slow it way down. First of all, shorten that first date. It's a lot 
easier to get ahead of yourself if you're spending so much time in that first date that you feel like you know that person. You should never feel like you know someone at the end of the first date. What should you do? You should leave the date feeling curious, feeling like you are interested in learning more about this person, but you're not really sure because it's still unfolding as you are getting to know them more. The other thing is to really focus on listening. Listen, listen, listen on the date. There's so much context and there's so much information you can actually get out of a first date. Instead, I see a lot of people just going with their gut or telling the narrative that they want in their head, even though the facts in front of them might be wildly different than what they are believing in their mind. And you can start to get clarity by listening more intently, asking follow-up questions if you're not really sure you understand their meaning. And when you do that, it also keeps you in the moment. So you're not projecting ahead to the future. You can't be thinking about the future and the present at the same time. A podcast coach that I've worked with, Jess Kupferman, posted something really provocative on her Facebook recently. And she said that she was talking to a therapist about memory and past events that have happened or like ruminating about the future. The therapist said, the past and the future do not exist. The only thing that is real is the present moment. And wait, it's a little bit of a brain bender. So take a step back here and think about it. But it's true. The past, even though there are events that happen that can impact the future, the past has already happened. It does not exist. And the future you can visualize, which I'm a huge fan of. You can you can dream up what you hope for the future, but that doesn't mean it's going to unfold. It is still an unknown. And when you think of it that way, as that is something that does not exist and the past is something that does not exist, it can help you focus more on the present moment and the way you're listening and responding and seeing the person that's sitting right there in front of you. Our next question is a voice memo from Lisette. Hi, Demona. My name is Lisette and I'm from New Jersey. I have no children and I don't want any children. And it says that on my profile. It also says on my profile that I do not date men with children of any age. So regardless of that being on my profile, I still get men that disregard that, that that is a non-negotiable for me and still match with me. So recently I was called shallow because of that desire to date someone that doesn't have kids. I'm just wondering what your take is on people, men or women, who do not have kids and only want to date other people that don't have kids. Is that really being shallow or just stating what I need to be happy in a relationship. Anyway, just to wrap up my message, I love the podcast and it would be great if you could answer my question. First of all, I want to set a few things straight here, Lisette. You are not shallow and no one who is an appropriate match for you should dare to call you shallow for not wanting to have kids. And I say this as a parent. I do not believe that parenthood is for everyone. I do not believe that everybody should want to be a parent. And I think we need to dismantle this societal norm or ideal that 
every woman should want to be a parent or every man for that matter. We are in a completely different paradigm. We do not have to get married or have kids for our livelihood. And you get to choose. And that's one great thing about living in the state of New Jersey. You get free choice. And a lot of places on this planet and a lot of times in history, that is not the case. But for you, you do. And I think it's an amazing thing that you have clarity on that. Anyone listening who has clarity on your love life and something that you want and you feel it and you have conviction over it, you darn well better say it. You better say it loud and proud and be willing to put it in your profile and stand behind it with your actions. So that's sad, Lisa. When you say that you don't want to have kids in your profile, the people that call you shallow are just demonstrating to you that they are not the right match. It's a thank and release situation. So of course, people are going to disregard what's in your profile. People are going to have an attraction to your photos and they're going to respond to that and not read carefully or try and tell that story that they want to tell, as we were saying in the previous question, they're playing ahead with their fantasy. And maybe in their fantasy, they have kids. And in their fantasy, they have kids with you. But that's not your narrative. So you don't have to live it. And I wouldn't get overwhelmed with any feelings of frustration that you are getting these messages from people who are not a match for you. But I also wouldn't internalize anything that they say because they're just expressing their frustration over realizing that they are not the right match. So you keep doing what you do. Hold conviction for what you know to be true. And I promise you, I promise you, there is someone who will match with you and see the world in the same way and want the same thing out of their relationship and their life as well. Well, this Sparky episode is number 367 of Dates and Mates. Make sure you get reconnected with Nick Notice at LiveReconnected.com. The link is in the show notes and at DatesandMates.com. I'm Damona Hoffman on all of the socials. Please send me a DM just like Lizette did with your question, or you can give me a call. Leave me a voicemail at 424 246 Six two five five. I will be back next week with the legendary Dr. Harville Hendricks and his wife, Helen LaKelly Hunt. They are an internationally known pair of couples therapists and New York Times bestselling author. Until next week, I wish you a happy 4th of July and also happy dating.